You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Once we become mamas, we are faced with making many decisions that may impact our personal and professional growth. Sometimes we have to make the decision to take a pause on our career or we decide to move forward with it. There isn't a right or wrong way in doing this, but if you want to know how a mommy did it to move forward with her career and how she has built a business out of scratch, all while raising two children, I invite you to listen to this Viva La Mami Spotlight episode. Today, we welcome Yesenia Servin, who is an expert in credentialing and provider payer enrollment with over 23 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Yesenia is a nationally certified credentialing manager and provider enrollment specialist. Through her own business, YS Credentialing, Yesenia helps organizations develop and implement best practices by guiding them with the credentialing and payer enrollment structure. Yesenia works with durable medical equipment, hospital and health systems, and community mental health organizations, global managed care organizations, as well as providing revenue cycle consulting services to various healthcare providers and organizations. Among all of this, she is a mama of two adult children and has been with her husband since she was 18 years old. This Viva La Mami Spotlight episode is catered to the newer moms who aren't sure whether to continue with their professional goals and also to the mamas that have been doubting themselves about how they can manage and balance work life. You will leave inspired and empowered about how Yesenia has utilized her village and received the support from her family while thriving in her career. She shares so many tips and provides ways on how moms shouldn't give up on themselves. I'm very excited for you to hear Yesenia's story and how this episode will set the tone for next week's episode, where you will hear from a mindset coach who supports working mothers. Now, let's get into the episode with Yesenia Servin. Hola, hola, Yesenia. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you. And thanks so much for being here. I know that you are a busy, busy mujer. And I had the pleasure of connecting with you through the Chicago Latina Moms Facebook group, which I will link in the show notes for any mommy out there in the Chicagoland area that would like to build community. But I love that you are very well known, and not just within the Chicago Latina Moms, but within the Chicago area and really within the healthcare field. And you do a lot. And on top of that, you are a mama. And so I'm definitely excited for you to be here because I think you are a living proof that everything is possible, that you are able to balance work, 
life, your own self-fulfillment. And I think part of this conversation is to tell newer moms or moms that have been doubting themselves about how they can manage and balancing everything. And also we're going to talk about what you do and, and how you inspire women to ensure that they don't lose themselves as well. So there's a lot that we're gonna cover here which I'm excited, but I definitely want to give you space to introduce yourself. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. I'm also very excited to be with you. And just to confirm what you've said, that Facebook page has been very helpful and so useful to me. And sometimes when my days are so busy and all of us get so busy, I just love it just because I see all the positivity, all the encouragement that we're giving to each other. So I just love to post there and read there, all of that. So I grew up in Little Village. My parents are still there, so I'm constantly there visiting my parents. I am the oldest of three. I have two brothers, so I'm kind of, I really like that I don't have sisters because I think being the oldest, I'm really responsible. I'm really bossy, so it's nice <laughs> that I had my brothers to boss around. And, you know, I've, I actually got married really young. I got married, like, as soon as I turned 18. We're still married, so we've been together for a very, very long time. I have my own children, of course, with my husband, and... My youngest is 19 and my oldest is 25. So, you know, it's 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 very different for me because I know a lot of moms that listen to you and are part of your audience have younger children. But I think, you know, that's also what's going to be fun about our conversation. You kind of get to hear how I was there. And now, you know, after all these several years, everything that I've gone through has built the life that I've been wanting, the life that I've been working my butt off for. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very excited. I did get married really young. And now when I think about my children, you know, they're, they're each living their life having, you know, working towards their goals. I cringe to think, oh my God, I can't picture my kids being married at 18. That would <laughs> stress me <laughs> the heck out, right? They're your babies. Um, right, right. <laughs> but thankfully, you know, my husband and I have a really strong relationship. We've had a lot of difficult situations, especially when you're young, you're trying to figure out like, I'm making, we're both making minimum wage. Like, how is this going to work? How are we going to build a life? Like, what happens next? You know, what's the best next decision for our family and for our goals? One of the things we did rather quickly was purchase a home. I was 20. My husband was just a couple years older than me when we bought our first home. So we kind of learned quickly, okay, these are some goals we need to set for ourselves. And, and we're going to just keep pushing for it and working for it together. As a Latina too, oftentimes it's mostly about how we can mostly cater to the man than like ourselves and the family and everything in between right and so i think that is great that you still achieved what you wanted to do all while meeting those expectations as well the cultural expectations especially one of the things that was a huge benefit to me even though i left my home really early was my husband was extremely supportive i was like mm. you know i have to go to school i at least have to go two years and because I was the oldest, you know, child of immigrants, my parents didn't know about applying for FAFSA. My parents didn't know about applying for scholarships. And in that time, for me personally, the high school counselors were not helpful in that way, right? There were so many other things that they had to deal with. And it just, that job title was different than it is now. Like, you know, with dealing with my own children's high school counselors, I could just see the difference from when I was in school to them, right? Um, so... He was extremely supportive. You know, we had to pay out of pocket. And like I mentioned, I think we were making like seven fifty an hour, each of us. Wow. So we were paying out of pocket so I could be educated. So I could, you know, and it was all for the better of our family. Wow. That so that's, awesome. that makes a big difference if you have a partner that's supportive and loving and 
you know, sees the same goals that you see. Absolutely. Oh, that is great. Yeah, that is great. And so you kind of gave us a quick intro about yourself and your family, but what did you do before becoming a mommy? And what do you do now? So before becoming a mom, I had two jobs. <laughs> I worked <laughs> in the federal building downtown. It was really like an admin job. So it used to be called receptionist, but I don't, nobody calls anything receptionist. <laughs> so, you know, I was a receptionist, ordering supplies, taking the calls, scheduling meetings, things of that nature. And then my second job, I worked. So I would go from downtown, the federal building, to the north side on Chicago Avenue. There was an, a doctor who was a specialist in allergies. Mm -hmm. And he really was my intro to the healthcare field. I think I was like 18, 19. So I was mm -hmm. recently married. He had one of those cream colored computers, like little box and the font was all green and the screen is all black. Yeah. So we would do our like Medicaid and Medicare stuff. And it was like so interesting. The charts were all pencil. So we do all our math and pencil, all our scheduling. It was quite interesting. But I remember that first time that I did it, I like knew that I liked it. I'm like, okay, I really like this Medicaid stuff. I really like this healthcare and like figuring out the diagnosis that he's, how he's treating people. So I didn't want to be the caregiver, but I liked looking in other charts and figuring out how is it this going to get paid? How is it he submitting this to the state to get it paid? Mm -hmm. How all of that looks like. So I really enjoyed it from that point. Mm -hmm. And then after I became a mom, I had to figure out the scheduling. I think one of our, the, the most beautiful things about our culture is that family sometimes is super involved, right? There's the beautiful side of it. And then the like, oh, this is too much side of it. <laughs> but with my son, he was like the first grandchild on both sides. Like both of my parents took time off. My mother-in-law took time off. My mother-in-law was with us. So it was really like a community helping us. So then I had to figure out, like, I still want to be with my child. My husband then got two jobs so that I could have a schedule where I could be the one mostly at home, but I still never stopped working. Like I was mm -hmm. off two months and then I went back. I think at that point, maybe I was making like 12 bucks an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. So still on that lower wage and having a home, like we still had the mortgage because we had just bought the home. But the biggest pieces were all those extra hands, right? Like my parents, my in-laws, my sister-in-laws, everybody pitched mm -hmm. in. And then when my, <clears throat> I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I didn't expect that because I am very thankful to them. And we're still close. Mm -hmm. So I see them all the time. But once my son went to school, I was like, okay, I have to be able to drop him off and pick him up. And that was hard because employers in that time were not as flexible as now. And I remember thinking if I ever employ someone, I'm going to be flexible. Yeah. And, you know, that was like 20 years ago when my son was five. I mean, he's now 25. So it was difficult, but we, we somehow did it. We, we got jobs that were close to the house so that if anything would happen, we could like, you know, quickly leave early or quickly go during lunch. So we kind of worked it so that we'd still always be able to drop off and pick up. So mm -hmm. it worked out nicely. Even through high school, we did that. Even with our big kid who was like 6'2 in high school, we still wanted to like, okay, we're going to drop you off and then we're going to figure out who picks you up. You know, we just wanted to develop a real closeness with her children. Yeah. Oh, and that is amazing. Because you were present, right? You tried your best to be as present as you could with your child, despite the struggles, despite like trying to figure things out. And, and I'm glad that you recognize La Familia Tambien, because that's something that 
sometimes I take for granted, you know, because I'm like, oh, I just want to do it on my own. But I need to remind myself, like, no, that's why our our people are here, verdad? And right. and they do it out of like through their unconditional love that they have towards their grandkid or their niece, nephew, you know, and and that's something that we definitely need to rely on, especially as working people. Yeah. 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 And then to see them develop those beautiful relationships with their tias, with their tios, with yes. their, that's beautiful. I love it. Yes. The more people that truly love them, que bueno, gracias a Dios, right? right. It, it, it works, it develops that way. Right. So now that they're old and grown, <laughs> 19 and 25, they're still super close to us. Like they enjoy being with us. And that's mm -hmm. because we've worked really hard for that. We wanted them to like being with us and not be annoyed and not be frustrated and not be like, you know, hay muchas familias que se apartan and they're, they're fine living that way. And for us, we never wanted that. And, you know, thankfully we're close, continue to be close. You know, my son and his girlfriend, we see, we get to see them every weekend. We get to talk to them constantly. So it's just really nice. Can you kind of tell us about what you do now in your profession because you have like a long resume <laughs> i've been working my whole life i've been working so hard yeah. but i actually enjoy it you know and i know that sometimes you have to take jobs and you're like i'm only doing this because no tengo mm -hmm. another opportunity right now mm -hmm. so i did have those jobs too where i was like I can't stand it here. This is a toxic environment. Like I cringe coming to work every day, you know, remembering like, I'll, I'll find a better job once I set these other things in place first, you know, like mm -hmm. my son is settled in school or when it's summertime, when I have more freedom, because I know he's being well cared for, I'll start looking. So I always was looking into the future. Like, how can I better my position now? What can I do best? Do I take a class? Do I learn a certain computer skill? Do I learn a certain software? So I was always just looking for the next best thing because I wanted to make sure that I, that as a partnership, we could provide well, not only well, but that we could, you know, have moments where we could travel, have moments where we don't have to say, no, we can't buy that right now, just to have a little bit more freedom financially. Mm -hmm. um, so it all led up to me finally, after working in several health systems, like I've worked for insurances, health systems, hospitals, I've worked for all kinds of healthcare organizations. And so I finally did it full time. For a long time, I just did it part time. You know, whenever I worked with doctors or clinics, they would say, Yesenia, you know what, I can't work here anymore. I'm a doctor, I'm going to start my own practice. You do all of the business side for our clinic here. Can you do it for me personally when I start my private practice? Yes, empezó. Like the doctors would tell me, I got to get out of this place. And, and you know, when you have that level of degree and that level of income, it's a little, right? because you, you're a doctor, you, you studied your whole life, you're highly educated, you go for it. Right. And they know their medical field really well. And sometimes they know the business side, but whether they know it or not, they hate it. They don't mm -hmm. want to do it. Mm -hmm. They can't, their, their specialty is caring for their community and caring for patients. They hate dealing with the insurances. They hate having to figure out scheduling and building all of these pieces. Sure. And that's the part that I absolutely loved. Like they would give me the insurance contracts, right? 20 insurance, Blue Cross, Aetna, the Medicaid managed cares. And I would love reading it. And then I would highlight stuff and I'd be like, here, be careful of this. And they used to hate it. <laughs> they'd be like, give me the highlights. And they'd be so happy when I just come back and give them the highlights. They're like, okay, mm -hmm. great. You can keep doing this for me. And for me, that's where I really thrived. And I knew that this is something that I had to, you know, further my career in because I just got a lot of joy from it. So I started to research, how can I get certified? I looked it up, 
I worked really hard. The certification I have, the year that I sat for it, 51% of the testers actually passed. So it's an extremely hard test, but oh, I worked yeah. really, really hard. Like I would study every day. And I knew that this would just open up a lot of doors for me. And it truly did. Like once I received that, a lot of healthcare organizations, large systems in Chicagoland were reaching out to me. I got so busy that I had to do this full time. I got so busy that I had to hire someone and it just kept going from there. We just got so busy that, you know, now we're a team of 12. Most of the women are moms. And even I have moms that have, you know, big kids like me, but at this point in their life, now they're caregivers for their parents. Mm -hmm. So all of the women, whether they're students, moms of little children, moms of middle school children, moms with grown children, but now are caring for parents, the schedule looks different, right? We're not typical nine to five because there's no way we can be. There's a million other things on our plate and I'm happy to provide that opportunity. So that really excites me that the, the women are like, hey, this week I can do nine to one. You know, it's just nice to be able to grant that to people because working together, the women are so excited to even do the work because they're learning. They know they have a flexible schedule. They know that I'm very, very chill about like, oh, the school just called. I have to run and go. You know, of course the school's calling. You have to go. There's nothing to prioritize over your family for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, what a better way for you to pave the way for moms that need that flexibility because you also knew the need and the necessity of having a an employer that can offer a flexibility. And now you have kind of like that power, right? And that is just amazing. And I think this is kind of like a lesson for people who hold those manager level positions to really reflect and think about, okay, do we just want to be part of the status quo <laughs> or can we be more flexible and like considerate of people's lived experiences and that's something that i've personally struggled i used to work in higher education right now i kind of took a full pivot to work from home but even though i work from home yesenia like i do not have the flexibility and right now my husband and i we do both work from home which is good and but our son is here with us porque our parents are in mexico they're empty nesters. They stay there during the whole winter, which oh, I cannot nice. blame them. That's so nice. But they're the main care providers. And so my husband and I are just like juggling. And unfortunately, we can't even mention like the struggle to our employers because it's, it, it's like deemed unprofessional, right? It's deemed like, well, you know, you shouldn't separate your life and your job really because when you are clocked in, you just dedicate yourself fully to your job. And and that has been a struggle for me because I'm like, this world, <laughs> this culture and society wasn't made for working moms, but we need to contribute, right? If we wanna have a house, how do we really balance? And that's oftentimes the struggle, at least that moms lose themselves, right? That they don't know what to really prioritize as much as they wanna grow probably, they decide not to because they feel that they are going to be a detriment at their job or mm -hmm. at home. Right. And that's something that oftentimes we end up picking and choosing. And it's such a struggle. So like, what are your recommendations as far as with, you know, when a mom is struggling with that, when she doesn't have the flexibility at work? Or what are your recommendations for a manager to consider ways to really cater to a mother's needs, whether it be 
tending for their newborn or their small child or school-aged child or even their elderly parents. Right. Yeah, I think for managers, I think sometimes you have to shake off what your organization is saying because, you know, managers sometimes are so tied to this, like, if someone's six, minute, six minutes late, you have to do this write-up. Like, bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes the drop-off line is longer than usual. Sometimes mm. there was an accident on your way to drop off. Like, there's a million things that can go wrong. Like, six-minute rules are not real. And I know that so many employers have this system set up that way, so you're, you're penalized every time. I always, like, try to tell people who have management positions, be like, Okay, are they a good employee? Do they get their job done? If they were six minutes late, can they stay six minutes extra extra or cut six minutes from their lunch? Like, okay, like it's not as big a deal as you're making it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there has to be flexibility. And then, you know, that that comes back to you. That all that flexibility that you have for others will be returned to you. That's just the way the world works, right? El mundo da vuelta. So si, si haces bien, te llega bien, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's how it is. So I think that's the pieces that would drive me nuts about corporate is that there's this, such these rigid rules that don't make sense. Like you were mentioning, like it's not set up to help working parents. Like, mm-hmm. and then you want us to produce good contributing humans. Well, we need the time and the flexibility to do so, exactly. right? Like there has to be that grace and that compassion and that understanding. And so I, I do tell women that sometimes it can be hard to look for new jobs and it can be hard to continue growing, but you have to carve out a little bit of time. So what I did when I was trying to work for the certification, because to tell you the truth, la primera vez, I, I studied for like six months, I took it and I failed, right? And that time that I failed, I don't remember what the percentage was of the passing, pero siempre ha estado like around that 50%. And so the next time I was like, okay, the six months of studying is not enough. So what I'll do is I'll tell my family, you know, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays from 5.30 to 6.30, I have to study. So if you guys want to do your homework at that time, if you want to wait for me and we'll do our homework together or we'll do our study time together, let's do it. But I can't skip my studying because obviously I failed the first time. And if we need the certification for our family, I need to study my ass off, right? So we'll do it together and then we'll go from there. So that's what I did. Like I forced my family and I forced my children. I put it into my calendar. I printed out the paper calendar to make sure they saw like, these are her study times. We're all going to do it at the same time together. If I finish early, good for me. I'll, I'll, you know, go to my room and do something or go outside, you know, like they had the liberty to do whatever they needed to do Mm -hmm. during the time if they were free. So that's how I forced myself to like stay focused and, you know, continue growing myself despite what was happening around me. I love that you build a strategy, porque también, it's not like you're leaving your kids behind, like they are almost a part of it, all while you're focusing on your studying. I love that you build that strategy. And oftentimes, you know, as moms, sometimes we, or at least for me, I don't know, it's hard to build a routine when you're already busy, when you already have so much. And so... In addition to what you mentioned, how has your partner also helped you with this? Oh, my husband is very supportive. So he does a lot of what I guess some people would consider woman's work. You know, like my parents, like they love my husband because they're like, oh my God, he's so nice. He's so nice. You're so lucky. You know, hace la, la ropa, like he does our laundry, right? Like, 
and they're like shocked and they brag to the world about it. I'm like, why don't you brag to the world that I do the ropa too? So, right? <laughs> excuse me. We both work. We both contribute to this household. Yeah. So they they absolutely love him because they see it as a like he's being so kind instead of like he's being a great partner. He's being mm-hmm. an equal partner, a great parent, a great role model. They see, they take it as kindness. So that's interesting. But my husband has always been extremely supportive. I, I you know I can. Um, thank his mom for raising such a great kid, but I think I helped raise him since we were so little together. (laughs) We raised each other, but he's always been like, the one thing about him though, is when the house is quiet, we would have to send him away because for him, like he always wants to chat, you know? So like, if we were like in that hour of like, we're focused, we're reading, you know, we're figuring things out. He'd be like, oh, so anything interesting happened today? And we're like, all looking at him, we're all three of us are like, dude, it's our study hour, remember? Like, (laughs) So like for him, it was a little bit harder to get to used to that quiet schedule because he's used to a house full of energy, full of moving around, full of things to do, things happening. But he's always been extremely supportive. And he always jumps in, you know, like there's some things that we're assigned to. And not just because we are hard nosed and we're like, it just worked out that way. There's something that he'll refuse to do. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay with cleaning the bathrooms and you know I can take that on always like I don't have yeah. a problem with it he can't stand that right like mm-hmm. he hates it that's <laughs> disgusting he won't ever do it not because he thinks it's woman's work it's just because it grosses him out and it's funny because I think in our family the men are the the gross ones in the bathroom right yes. oh my gosh um, yes <laughs> but he's so good about other stuff like you know he's definitely the floors person I hate floors I hate doing floors because I feel like there's always dog hair everywhere, no matter how many times I sweep. So he's good with floors and he does, he's very responsible with the laundry. I'm more of a like, this is a pile right now. Okay, everything's going in at the same time. And he's more like, no, 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 we got to sort this. We have to use the right jabon. We have to use the right temperature. Like, so he's he thrives uh, in some of the chores. And so we just split up what we can each, you know, tolerate. Yeah. So toilets for me, no big deal. Laundry for him, he loves it. It's fine. Yeah. That's very supportive, awesome. very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. And and I think part of it is communication, right? And having both of you understand what each other's needs are. And that's when you can kind of take over certain responsibilities or tasks, making sure that everyone kind of has their equal load because then it's gonna feel overwhelming right very very thankful for our partnership i do think that we learned a lot together you know we didn't have great role models or like our parents Mm. you know they they have i don't know what i would consider a typical mexican marriage but you know where it's like the man is a dominant whatever the man says goes kind of like that so we knew that's not what we wanted Mm -hmm. because we had different goals for ourselves but I think for me, the hardest thing initially was being receptive because we have always communicated well. And, you know, like I mentioned, I'm the oldest. so I've always had like this bossy personality. So it was really interesting and really important that I learned to be receptive, right? Like if I said, hey, I don't like this thing. I think there's a way that we can fix it. And he was always receptive. But then when he was like, hey, you've been doing this and I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I think it would be better if you say it this way or do it this way. And I would just be like, wait, I'm, I'm like the, the bossy one here. I'm like the smart one. Like what? I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Like my way is not the right way. <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay, like you have to learn to take it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to learn to really dissect it and it is good feedback and, you know, like implement and improve where you can. And so that's, mm. I think that's, that's big too, because sometimes we have been taught like, 
you have to be this chingona. You have to keep moving. You have to be the best. You have to keep And you're like, okay, let me pause because what the feedback I'm getting is correct. I'm being yeah. too, es demasiado, like no te pases, right? Like yeah. calm down, reflect on it. How can you fix it? How can you word it differently? How can your, your whole demeanor about it change so that you are a better person? Because you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it because your children are seeing you, what kind of partnership you have, how will yes. it work in their partnerships? Are you receptive? Do you apologize when you need to? Things like that. So thankfully, we've learned that very well. And we continue to grow and communicate yeah. and keep being receptive to each other. That is awesome. Yeah. And that is a good reminder for all of us. Whatever we're doing in front of our children, our children model after us. And we have to think about like, as if we had a mirror in front of us, verdad? And how are our emotions, behaviors, actions are going to reflect, right, based off of like what our children see. And that's a really good reminder. You gave us an overview of your profession and your practice. What continues to inspire you or motivate you to thrive and just like hustle? I love learning. So, you know, healthcare in the U.S., it's a puzzle siempre, right? Like there's a new administration, so now there's a change. The mm -hmm. pandemic changed tons of things. We have telehealth access, gracias a Dios. Like that's one of the positive things that came out of it is that we have more access to health. Mental health is now a lot more well-received because of the same thing. So I like the learning aspect of it. And because our team is hybrid, like some days in the office, some days remote, I like the energy that I get from working with my team. Right. That they'll find out something. They're like, Yesenia, have you ever seen this? You know, they'll be working with a, a healthcare account. And we just get so excited sharing with each other. Look at what's happening in New York. Look at what happened, you know, with this doctor in Texas, like that we're working with. So it's so nice to continue energizing each other and learning with each other about the things that are happening in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And then personally, you know, it's always the same thing. Like for me, like I want to help my kids till forever. They're both doing well. They're do both doing fine. Like my youngest is in school, you know, and my oldest is on his own already. And I'd still like to be that parent where if anything happens, I can jump in, you know, whether it's obviously emotionally, physically, but also financially. I, I want to be secure enough that I can easily say, you know, there's an emergency, I can write a check. So that's really what keeps me like, that's one of my biggest goals. Like, I want them to feel whether they are successfully successful and, and well standing financially, I still want to be able to provide that, you know, like I want them just to feel safe at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a awesome. big motivator. Yes. I love it. And I just love how you blend almost like your career and your family. And oftentimes it's very difficult for moms to kind of bring it together. And that is something that I wish I would have sought like mentorship in terms of how can you bring your professional career and motherhood together. Oftentimes we have to pick and choose, mm -hmm. verdad? Yeah. And and so in your experience, you have helped moms in an office setting and you've shared like how you found that many didn't know how to use a PC or like technology, verdad? And so why do you think that there is a disconnect between like the workforce and like their identity as mujeres or as mothers? And how do you kind of bridge those identities together? 
Yeah, I love that question. That has been one of my biggest struggles is finding moms that have some skill with computers, right? Like even if they don't understand the different softwares, porque hay demasiados, right? Mm -hmm. I find that moms are excited about working with me, but then when they find out it's like fully on the computer, fully using, you know, spreadsheets, I can see the difference in their excitement. Like they cringe. They're like, no, that's not for me. I don't know this. Like, you know, do you have anyone that could help me in retail? I'd rather work in retail or in a restaurant. And, and it saddens me because I'm like, you're so smart. Like you're already, if you think about it, you're already a mom and you're managing a million things. You're a great project manager, mm. right? I think it goes back to us being that whole passionate about things like we we are going to be a mom we're going to do it at 120 percent but again not carving out that space even if it's just that hour sometimes the hour seems like it's not enough or it's like oh para que? like that hour i could be you know making more dinner i could be planning lunch i could be doing all these other things for my kids or my family so we fill our time with serving others and you know pouring it all into everybody else Instead of just giving yourself that one hour for personal growth. Mm. And, and you're right. Like we don't have that network, at least for me, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have that network to reach out to. I didn't have a network of professional women like, oh, these Latina moms, they're killing it, you know, in this healthcare industry. Let me go to them. I didn't have that, Mm -hmm. you know. También está almost like siloed. So in your profession, like you go in, clock in, do your work. Vamonos. like so you yeah. almost didn't even have the time and flexibility to develop those networks yeah. so it, it does make me really sad that moms don't put that hour in but even for your children now you are benefiting your children by learning a computer system you're you know benefiting your children by getting on the laptop e- even if you don't have one the library was one of my biggest resources when my kids were growing up right we were always at the library because I couldn't afford a laptop for each of them I couldn't afford a laptop even for myself so we'd be at the library using all of those resources so I just would urge moms to please 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 just give yourself an hour you know even if it's not the seven days at least three days a week so you'll have three hours a week to invest in yourself like you want to learn spreadsheets you want to learn how to create a, a memo oh my lord i'm like from 1988 memos you want to learn how to create something in word a document you know so just really invest those hours just please set them aside schedule them in and i've had moms who are like you know i use i only know how to use my phone i'm really smart i'm, I'm telling you i've had like 22 year old moms i've never used a laptop and they're like if you give me a chance and those moms have worked so great for me. Like, I'm like, hey, go open up this spreadsheet. We're going to do it this way. Look at this other one. I want you to copy the way that it looks, but use this information. And and they're doing great. You know, they're just like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it. They're the same way. They're dropping off their kids in the morning. But they have the flexibility to drop off and pick up, go home and make dinner if they want to. And, and, and many of the things that I love now is, you know, with these 20 something year young moms. Oh, my husband made dinner last night. My husband packed me lunch and I freaking love it because I didn't hear it enough. You know, like it was like always like, oh, your husband's nice to help you. And now it's not, that's not the norm. Now the, like, it isn't more of an equal partnership. Women know to have their husbands share the load, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so nice. So even if you're scared, even if you don't have the time, if you are, you know, willing to learn it, you know, you're going to pick it up. And the reason we pick it up so quickly is because we know it's going to better our family. We know that our children are going to see us thriving and happy. Mm -hmm. So I think that 
is always a nice thing to remind yourself of. My children are going to be proud of me. This is for the betterment of our whole family. And like I mentioned, I'm so, so proud of the team because we work in for different states. So we're not only in Chicago, like we're based in Chicago, but we have providers across the entire state. So we have from Washington to New York to te Texas, all the middle states, everything. So the girls have learned so many different systems, like how does Medicaid work in one state? How does it work in another state? I'm telling you moms that had never touched a laptop right? They had only like use their kid's tablet or use their phone. They, they're working their ass off. So it's very exciting. I love it. And, you know, I don't want to say it's just the young moms because I have like every age range. I have 19 to 56. Wow. So it's very nice. It's very beautiful. And you have to carve out some of that passion for yourself, yeah. right? Le echamos todo, todo, todas las ganas are our family, but leave some of that for you. Like you're definitely mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah. You're the driving force. You got to do it. Yes, I love it. And I love how you're empathetic about their professional growth. And it just allows this level of empathy from your side, but also for them, like this level of empowerment, right? They are being empowered to learn and grow. I just want to kind of give you just props for what you're doing, because I'm sure that you are motivating these women, regardless of their age, it's never too late or too early, right, to learn and grow. And so you have shared that for moms, it is very important for, you know, to consider like self-improvement and continued learning. And it seems like that is part of your mission, that you are a lifelong learner. But when it comes to mamas, right, we often tend to lose ourselves, right, where we don't either we are super disoriented, we don't know what to prioritize. Like, yes, we are told like your kids are your number one priority. But a veces it's like, okay, well, where do I fit in this puzzle too as an individual? And so you have mentioned that, you know, oftentimes moms put their own growth on the back burner and that doesn't lead a good example, you know, for the kids and eventually for anyone. And so why do you think moms often don't continue with growth and self-improvement? Oh, I think that it, it's a lot of layers, like what we've talked about, where you pour into everybody else is one of them. I think sometimes financially you're worried about what that might look like because sometimes it can be expensive and, and you know school in the U.S. is very expensive mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things that you can do on your own there's a lot of free webinars there's a lot of YouTube like I mentioned the library was a huge resource to me very big resource there's a lot of specific groups so just like how you and I met on the Chicago Latina Moms there's a lot of specific groups like so you if you have an interest in, in learning anything whatever that may look like there's always a group for it and then some of those communities are really strong at helping each other, right? So you're building that network of people that can help in the industry that you're interested in. So it's so many things, like you don't know where to go. You don't know if it's going to be costly. You don't want to take time away from the family and what you're all, all that you're doing for them now. It's just so layered. You're, you're maybe fearing the technology because you think that it might be too hard or that you might need to be able to capture it all. It's just so many things that you have to slowly dig into each of them and just conquer it. Mm -hmm. and, and it feels like maybe it's too much with everything that we already manage, but you have to think about that beautiful example you're setting for your children. Like my children are hard workers. They, they have 
set goals for themselves. You know, like my son has traveled all over with his girlfriend because that was one of his goals, like to be financially able to be strong. And he modeled that from us because we've been working and he's seen like, okay, we're, we're my parents are working because they want A, B, and C. Mm. Okay, my parents obtained A B, and C, a, B, and C. And now that they've obtained A, B, and C, now they have goal one, two, and three. Mm. So they've always seen that from us. And so we've been able to model that and they've done that for themselves as they're they're growing up and they've grown up. So it's, it's un ejemplo muy bonito, ¿verdad? Because like, a lot of us, we saw our parents get up so freaking early, right? Like mm. to think to get up at 4.30 in la mañana, to be at work at 5.30, you're like, holy cow, like mm. 8 a.m. is hard. <laughs> Yeah. So we did see that. So if you remember just looking at your own parents and your own history and your own family, who the hard workers are, quienes le echaron muchas ganas y salieron adelante, that is what your children see. So all of those layers can be scary. You have to break it down, figure out how you're going to solve that particular item on that checklist, on that struggle checklist, and then keep moving, keep working. And, and you know, you do have, I've have found that a lot of Latina moms and women of color, so not only Latina moms, but women of color who are in the business and working hard have a lot more flexibility in this day and age. So you just have to continue to find those partners, look for those collaborations, look for those networks. We do that a lot on that Latina moms, but I have a lot of pages that are specifically to the work I do. So specific like healthcare office managers, credentialing, insurance contracting all of them have helped me and we help each other when anything is happening in our industry mm. and sometimes I think like otro pedazo es que you don't even know what you like you know like when I was coming up I'm like oh I like this admin stuff kind of like oh I like the you know like no estaba bien segura mm -hmm. no estaba for sure pero yeah as like working more in healthcare when I first found that allergy doctor and I you know then I went to mental health community mental health mm. And then I went to a durable medical equipment company and that company worked for hospitals, hospices, and I started to work with Medicare with them. Like poco a poco, all these paths opened up that I didn't realize would lead to my own business eventually. ¿verdad? Pero every time I was like ready to learn, ready to figure it out. And también es learning when you've had enough. I think that's a big piece too. Like, okay, ya aprendí lo que pude. Ya esta gente me enfada demasiado. <laughs> you know, they're not flexible. Ya no estoy aprendiendo nada. I'm the one working my heart out, working my ass off. Y I'm not really valued anymore. What do I do next? Mm. So that is one one regret that I do have in my career where I've stayed too long in a place that no longer was serving me. And it was only one-sided. Mm. And, and, you know, like that question, I love it so much, right? It can be 10 things on why. You're not improving, like yes. you're not focused on you. So it's again being open-minded about it, making that list, and then figure out how you're gonna attack that list and move forward to be better. Yes, it definitely takes that like self-assessing, I think, mm. and self-awareness about what your needs are, you know, what is it that you want, what are your goals. And I think you can definitely start small, like you said, you know, taking advantage of the free resources that are given out there the library yeah you are so right like i never realized like how many awesome resources there are at the at the library and that's something that as latinos we don't really take full advantage of we just think that oh pues solamente hay libros <laughs> and that por si like literacy isn't such a like a high need for some reason in our community but it's not just books i mean it's yeah like courses like you they, like at my library they even have like a 
like studios to record your own podcasts and things. And I'm like, whoa, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just like amazed. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely looking out with what is already given and presented to you, reaching out to your network. And I really love how you can kind of do all of this self-assessment during that one hour that you mentioned. I think we should call it like the golden hour or algo así. I don't uh -huh, know. If uh -huh. I, it will help you kind of set a plan, verdad? And what you want out of your own self-improvement. In spirit of networking, that can be part of that layer from my previous question. How can working moms support other moms that are kind of in that fence between growth, development, and motherhood and that way they can continue on with their own self and professional development i think one of the things that helped or that i've tried to help when i was you know doing the pta thing i did join pta i tried my best to be at every meeting although sometimes they're you know during working hours i did advocate so they could have like at least every other meeting during the evening after work hours i'm trying to think of all of the things and all of the moms who helped me along the way I did always have moms who provided good resources, but I like even in PTA moms would be like, oh, you know, si metes a tu hijo en tal lugar, or, you know, if you, if you put them in a the swimming class, or if you put them in, you know, this specific program, they're going to help with scholarships or, so I always had the interest to learn, to get to learn other moms and know what they're doing, just because I knew that they had a lot of resources. They had a lot of connections, even if they were moms that not, were not working, like they were just always at the school or they were just always at every community meeting, you know, they were always at the alderman's office. They were always try finding out everything that the city had to offer, that that personal or neighborhood had to offer. Mm. So although I was working, I tried to connect with all those moms que estaban más conectadas a la comunidad y a la escuela because mm. they had a lot of knowledge, you know, like they're, even though they didn't have like a paid working job, their job was basically to know everything of how they could make the community better, right? Yeah. Like that, they really, really se metían bien, 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 uh, a saber todo eso, y llegaban con todos los flyers about everything that was happening. So that's a good place to start, I would say, is the, the local communities. With, be with that woman, even if she's not a mom, the, those women that are part of the school, that are part of the community, that know everything about what the city is offering. I remember one year, one mom was like, you know, they're giving away all this stuff for your house. If you want to compost, if you want to recycle, like we got all kinds of, bin like, you know, they, they give you all kinds of resources when you don't have to pay. You just basically have to know about it. Um, so that's one great way to be connected. The other way was like, one of my friends always called me a presentada because I would go to people that I knew were well-known in the industry that I would take their, you know, I would see on YouTube, they had trainings. And so I would take those trainings that were free. And then I would directly reach out to them. I mean, no me daba pena because I was like, I have to know, like, what were her steps? How did she do it? Like, what does she recommend for me? Like, I know mental health really well. Does she recommend I expand? So I would actually just reach out via either LinkedIn or I would call them. If I would see them at a, you know, cuando venían a hacer un training anywhere near Chicagoland, I would show up and ask questions and, and do my best to try to meet them. And I would wait. And this is, you know, like they're like, they're here for an hour and a half. They're going to do the training and they're, and they're going to go. Well, I would like stalk them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Dios, nobody was scared of me <laughs> and there was no security after me, but I would be like, I would definitely go up to them and be like, Hey, my name is Yesenia. This is what I do in the healthcare industry. I really admire you. How can I connect with you? And then they would give me resources. They would be like, Oh, you like my training? Go to this other training. Go Like they would mm -hmm. give me a list of things that would help me. And one of them till this day, since I met her, I think I met her in 07 till this day is my mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Tiene como maybe 65. 
pero ella sigue trabajando en el healthcare industry mm -hmm. and she's really well known. I'm lucky I get to call her a mentor and my friend. But that's how I met her. I just like ran up to her. I'm like, I have to know her. I have mm -hmm. to know how she's so successful. And, and she's one of those people that constantly encourages mentorship. So she would say, okay, now that I'm helping you, who are you helping? You know, and that's a beautiful thing to remind you like, yeah, you're, you're not the only one growing here. There's other people who want to grow. So how are you helping? Right. So mostly, even if those moms that are introverts, I know it can be difficult because I have a lot of introverts in my life and I know it makes them sweat. Their hands start getting mm -hmm. clammy because they don't want to go up to this person. They don't want to email somebody. They don't want to be part of this, you know, loud meeting. It, it just, you know, for some people it gives them a little bit of anxiety, but you have to get past that, right? Like mm -hmm. even just for that little moment, it doesn't have to be a, a, an uncomfortable feeling for too long, just for that moment of that introduction and getting that first connection and getting those first resources. Yeah, it it can take a lot from us to make those initial conversations. So it takes a lot of like self-initiative, I think, but it it's definitely helpful, especially if you don't want to do this on your own or you are in need to know more about how other moms do it, verdad? Whether it be in their professional careers or their personal life and raising children, it's definitely helpful to build a coalition ¿verdad? of other moms, whether they are working professionals or stay-at-home moms, but each and every person can contribute to what you want out of your own growth. And I think that is so helpful. Can you tell us more about your practice and your business for anyone out there that is perhaps in the healthcare field? I love what I do. So what I do is I help healthcare practices figure out their billing, their credentialing. So people a lot of times tell me, what the heck is the credentialing? So the credentialing is the actual part of maintaining all their professional information. So like their education, their work information, their, their work insurance that applies to their education. So basically in the U.S., the beautiful thing about the U.S., which I've not seen in, in other countries the same format, is in the U.S. you actually have to prove that you are who you say you are, right? You can't just come as a doctor and say, here's all my diplomas, I need to work in this hospital. We actually have to check with that school that that diploma is legit. We check with the state that your license is legit. So that's part of the credentialing. And then we also help with the contracting. So we help them get enrolled with Blue Cross so that they could see Blue Cross members, get enrolled with Aetna so they could see Aetna members enroll with Medicare, Medicaid, and what that looks like. So we manage all of those contracting pieces. For some of our providers, we do a lot of their billing. These are pieces that they don't like managing because they're caring for the community. So we swoop in and do that business aspect. And we actually really love it. Work with all kinds of specialties. So we have surgeons, we have social workers, mental health practitioners. Mm. We have plastic surgeons. So that's nice because maybe they'll give me a little discount when, when I'm ready. But we have all kinds of providers. Our biggest strong point is mental health and surgeons. Mental health providers really blew up during pandemic because people were able to do Zoom right? People were able to have that access on your phone, on your laptop to an actual healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. So that's something that our government led. And we're very thankful for that. As much times as we like to bash all the things that we hate about it, that's one of the things that was beautiful. Our government Medicare led that and hopefully, you know, it remains past the pandemic. Um, but that's what we do. We help them figure out the whole business aspect and we work in every state. What that means is we understand Medicaid in every state, porque unfortunately it's not the same. You know, every government, every local state government decides what Medicaid looks like in their 
in their particular region. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you really get to learn in school. So that's why there's all these extra trainings. That's why there's different webinars and different communities and networks. And a lot of the work that we do has to take place during the day because we're basically contacting all the insurances. We're calling Aetna, we're calling United, we're you know reaching out to Medicare. So that's why it also helps me to have moms because moms have that time, right? Mm-hmm. They af- right, right after they drop off their kids and right before they have to take them, pick them up from school. Mm-hmm. So the, the timing works really nicely. Mm-hmm. And so that's the work we do. The nice thing about our job too, is that we, you know, are three days in the office, two days at home. There's always that flexibility. Something's come up, you know, can I switch my days or, you know, this week, can I just do remote because, you know, my son or my daughter or my husband, anything, AB and any reason, you know, we're very flexible. But the thing I love is that the women are willing to come into the office because we still need that, like, professional time together and that like you know woman to woman and it's just like a different feel when you're in your maybe in your sala or your little office at home that you've created versus being in the office with five women all trying to figure out all walks of life all different types of caregivers or if you're a student so it's just really nice to to have that bond together in the office Mm -hmm. then the girls the women to get rid of that mania of saying the girls the women always bring good ideas right like hey for for Halloween, let's do this. For Easter, let's so we always come up with events to do together so that we still make it fun. You know, for February we had like a love fest, so we had a massage person come and give us massages. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, we treated ourselves to chocolates. Like it was just really nice. So we get that energy from each other and get to still learn from each other. So we work well together, and that's what we do. We love serving our physicians, our social workers, all of our healthcare providers. We love serving them and working with them. That is awesome. That's great. It just seems like you have created like such a positive environment, not just for professional growth, but también you've built a community. Kudos to you. I think that if you have the opportunity to speak for like HR conferences or anything like that, please do that because as as a manager and as a woman, I'm sure that you can give a unique perspective because whatever we did even like pre-pandemic, right? Like none of it can go back. Like we are just completely different people. Mm -hmm. We are a completely different society and we need to factor in, you know, the the work-life balance. And and unfortunately many say, well, there's no work-life balance. Like you cannot balance both personal and and work-life. But again, as a mom, like how I I need to navigate this world and and I do want to be fully present in my job, but I also want to be fully present as a mom. And oftentimes some employers don't um, provide that. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if the corporation doesn't change, which it will take a while, I think even managers should have more flexibility, right? Because lo que pasa is, look, I think we talked about it a little bit, but lo que pasa is because sometimes you get tricked into being like this corporate crony. We're like, no, the rules say one through 10 and I'm going to do one through 10, no flexibility, no, you know, it's black and white. There's no gray. There's no in between. Well, you know, we need managers that do see gray. We need managers that understand anything and everything that could happen, you know, within a person's day. We do need managers that understand, like some of us like celebrating holidays. Some of us enjoy celebrating birthdays or celebrating each other or being in group or being in community. And then some of us are introverts and you don't have to make those introverts feel bad because they don't want to join, you know, like, so if you're a manager, you have to take courses on having some emotional intelligence 
Um, that's a big thing that my mentor, the one that lady that I was talking, immediately directed me to. She's like, oh, you're, you're a manager, you're a leader, then you, this is one of the things you have to understand. Yeah. So even if we don't change, you know, the uptight corporations, we can have more flexibility in terms of managers, for sure. You know, whether you're a director or a lead or supervisor, whatever that title may be, you need to definitely be more on the people side right? For your people and not for that strict rule book. Yes. Oh, that's a great reminder. Thank you so much for sharing that. So now we're going to shift Viva La Mami questions that I ask all my guests here. And so the first question I have is what still surprises you about being a mommy? Oh, you know, good surprises. Your kids give you good news all the time. And that's always exciting. And just like the feeling that you get of like pride and happiness and joy. That's always a nice feeling and surprising feeling that it feels the same and the same intensity as when they were first born mm -hmm. and then there's always like the 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 sad surprises like you stress just as much as is like they were three years old and they fell or you know like you looked away for a second and you didn't see them like it's a fear so you mm -hmm. still have that even when they're big old kids <laughs> so both of those opposite you know like emotions still shock me and surprise me everyone says like it does get harder and harder i'm like what no <laughs> Yeah, my grandma used to tell me, my abuelita en paz descanse, she used to tell me, mija, uh, entre más grandes los hijos, más grandes los problemas. You know, like, mm -hmm. so she would say, you know, I want to tell her, oh, I, I got a call from school. She'd be like, oh, you know, don't worry about that. That's no big deal. You can manage that. Eso no es nada. You know, it's wait till they're big and it's like a real scary con. I'd be like, grandma, no me digas eso. <laughs> I know. When you think that you just survived that one yeah. issue, like, Yeah. But it, it, it helps us be more resilient than being. So. Right, right. Yeah. Alrighty, second question. What is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommies? I think I can't say it enough, right? Continue your growth. I think for sure continue your growth. But the other one, I, if I can do it too, is like take care of your emotional health and mental health. Because even now when I work with mental health practitioners, which is like, oh, tu ayudas a los que ayudan a los locos. And it's like, no, señor. You know, todos necesitamos ayuda, todos tenemos, uh, hay situaciones que no podemos solos, necesitamos ayuda profesional, you know, just like if you'd go to the doctor for any doctor or dental or any other, any other medical need, you'd immediately schedule an appointment, right? Or at least you'd think about it. You'd be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to schedule with the doctor. Same thing with your mental health. There are so many great mental health providers. Y como todo, nobody has to know. If you don't want to share it with anybody, you don't have to share it with anybody, right? It's being confidential. There are therapists for all of us, right? They speak our language, they're bilingual, they have very specific needs. Like if you're struggling con algo bien specific, you had a miscarriage, you don't know what happens with you and your spouse, you don't know how to, you know, anything, lo que sea. There's providers that have very specific trainings and education. Even if you just go one time, two times, three times, whatever that is, you know, you're like, okay, so that's a big piece. Don't worry about what your family says, what your friends say, you know, because sometimes in our culture, we're not as well educated about what that may look like and how that mm -hmm. can help us. Even I, I think one of the pieces you're having is you're going to have coaches. I think that's a beautiful thing. Sometimes those mental health providers are just a coach because you're like, yeah. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to turn how to start this or that is a big help. And luckily for me, I've been surrounded by a lot of mental health practitioners. Que me han enseñado muchas cosas, right? They've mm. helped me so much. They've helped me learn. They've helped me grow. They continue to apoyarme in several different ways. My children, my family. So it's something for sure you have to look into and 
you know, shake off whatever negativity or rude things people say about it. Eso no importa. What matters is you and your health. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. We certainly cannot, in order for us not to lose ourselves, right? Like in any capacity, like we definitely need to check in and really be realistic with ourselves. Like, okay, I do need help. And it is okay. And I, and therapy has been such a life changer for me, you know, and my presence, you know, in, in this world, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, it, it has been so revolutionary, especially once I became a mom, like before that I was like, no, I don't think I need therapy. I think I got it. I'm all covered, but I don't know. Like we, I, that's why these services are offered, right? Mm -hmm. um, and as Latinos, we definitely need to take advantage of that. Yes. Absolutely. All right, final question. What is your meaning of madrehood? Oh my God, beautiful question. So to me, it's providing as much love as possible to your children and doing everything you can to make them successful, but also not forgetting yourself, right? In the process, mm -hmm. like we do so much. And like, I, I see... You know, I saw it from my own mother, how much she loved us. My grandmother, you know, my friends, I see how much we pour into our families and we pour into our beautiful children. And the whole goal is so that they'll be productive, happy, successful children, right? Whatever that looks like. There's no set end game, right? Like every child is different. But leave some of that love for you. Take care of you as well. Because yeah. you will be even a happier mommy. You know, if you feel, if you love yourself, you take care of yourself, empower yourself. That's what it means to me. Oh, I love this answer. Yesenia, thank you so much for your wisdom, your encouragement. Like, I feel so empowered even as I'm reflecting with my professional career. Like, I think it it's, yeah, that is just a great reminder about not losing ourselves. And, you know, we can make meaning of madrehood while, yes, raising kids, but also being considerate about our own growth. And that's something that my mom always mentions, like, yes, they're little for this amount of time, pero después se van. And so what are you going to do for yourself? And I right. think that's a really good reminder. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so thankful for you for providing this platform for moms, specifically for Latina moms. Like, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit VivaLaMami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.